You're listening to the official podcast of Asbury University, produced by students with God-honoring conversations that inform, edify, and encourage. This is Asbury. We explore culture and current topics through a Christian worldview, promoting a well-balanced life, and we empower our community to belong, become, and be set apart. I'm your host, Abby Lobb. Welcome to This is Asbury. studio today with a guest I've been very excited to have on this podcast because we are very like-minded. Welcome, Dr. Elise Kearns. Why don't you tell us about what you do here at Asbury? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm an associate professor in exercise science, so I teach those students that might be looking to go into physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech and language pathology, many of the health professions. I think something that really struck me about you is some of the recent research that you've done related Mm -hmm. to wellness and childhood wellness specifically. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So my background being in pediatrics when I was in clinical practice, I really saw throughout the years working with kids both who are typically developing and those that had developmental disabilities that there was always this lack of physical activity that really permeated through and impacted their function throughout the day. So I started looking at what would happen in the brain of children after they had done an acute bout of exercise and why teachers would be telling me, because I worked in the schools as a physical therapist, and they would say, well, they do so much better after they go to PE or whatever. They do better in the Mm -hmm. classroom. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. They have better attention. They sit in their chair. They can attend to tasks. So I started looking at that and I did a study with UK. They looked at an acute bout of exercise and we actually put them in an MRI machine and looked at their brain activity both after an acute bout of exercise and then when they were sedentary. And we saw some pretty, pretty remarkable and intriguing things and changes in some of the centers of the brain. Wow. In what ways did they change? Basically it's called, it's synchronicity. So two regions of the brain after an acute bout of exercise are actually in more sync than they would be if you were just sitting there on the couch watching a TV program. So that's why we think, of course, we don't know the the real reason. That was just a way to look at more research, that it seems like those attention centers after the bout of exercise Mm. are more in sync. That's amazing. We hear these things all the time, just like anecdotally, but to see research backing that up is so fascinating. And I have kids. I think you Mm -hmm. have... I do. I have two girls. Two girls. So any parent can tell you this. Your kid does better after they've been running around for a while, at least definitely mine do. So from a standpoint of a parent or an educator, Mm -hmm. you know, how can we better support kids to do better in school or to do better maybe emotionally or in every area of their lives, you know, as it relates to their physical wellness? What can we be doing? The recommendation is 60 minutes of moderate to vigorous physical activity per day for children. Adults, it's 30. So 60 minutes a day, if you think about that, that can be broken up into many increments. And during the school day, you know, they're at school for six, seven, eight hours a day, depending Mm -hmm. on if they stay after school. There should be ample opportunity for those kids throughout the day to get that physical activity. So as a parent, I would suggest that a lot of this decision-making in the schools happens at the principal level. So if if a principal values that physical activity time and parents on any type of parent committee should ask that question. Yeah. We'd like to see more physical activity movement breaks throughout the day. There's research that would support that. Just becoming involved in thinking about that physical activity really does impact so many aspects of wellness, not just physical wellness. Well, and every principal is going to be interested in seeing those test scores go up. So Funny you say that because traditionally that's what caused PE minutes to go down. Oh. 
because funding and things were tied to those reading and math scores. And so they felt that if they took time away from that instruction in reading and math, that you might see a dip in those test scores. And actually, that's not the case when you take away those those physical activity moments. And hopefully my research yeah. helps people and helps policymakers see that we don't need to reduce right. physical activity yeah, moments. Yeah, you should be increasing yeah. it. Do you see any correlation with structured physical play versus unstructured. You're smiling. (laughs) What does that do to the brain? Because this is a whole aspect, a totally different aspect of research when you talk about structured recess versus unstructured. And of course, there's social aspects of time to play without always having an agenda or a teacher leading something. So I, I wouldn't say that I would be a proponent of, oh, every recess needs to be structured. But when you have certain kids that perhaps feel uncomfortable, don't feel that they're they're very athletic or it's hard for them to do, they often stand to the side. So structured recess and structured play really would enhance yeah. what what happens at recess time. Because recess time should be a time to do that, get that heart rate up. So that's the whole point of it. Do you see any difference in indoor versus outdoor play in regards to your research? Sure, you just have to be intentional about it. I think teachers, the principal, the physical therapist at the school, because every every public school has and has to have a physical therapist that, that goes and, and consults. So I would say the cold should not be a deterrent, yeah. obviously within reason. But indoor activity, tons of research surrounding classroom movement breaks, and there are plenty of ways to get heart rate up, have fun, play games in the classroom. Mm, So you don't have to be outside. I think that's not necessarily a good reason. Well, that leads to my next question, because (laughs) we we all see these like virtual reality, these headsets, and people doing all these crazy things with this thing on their face. What kind of research has been done that you know of about virtual reality? And is it helpful or sure. is it not helpful? It's funny that you asked that because I actually was a part of a research study at UK, I guess it was two years ago, looking at virtual reality for hand therapy for, for people with hand injuries and how that might impact their recovery. So it's actually a pretty growing body of research that you can do quite a bit with rehabilitation. Now, as far as like whole body movements, that was specific to hand therapy where it's fine motor activity which is probably easier but I I would imagine anything that's going to get the heart rate up that someone enjoys doing and you can pair those two things together that's going to be a win. I'm looking at this article recently in the Wall Street Journal and virtual reality is Mm -hmm. multi-billion dollar industry now even in health clubs so it's like someone could go to the gym and have all these weights and all these things around them but they're working out on virtual reality. To me it's just so fascinating. Well it's because it's fun. Right. So, you know, if that's fun for someone, then they're obviously more likely to do it. Now, okay, you got to travel to a gym to do that. You have to have the means and the money to be a member of that gym. So there's a lot of barriers, and you might look at that as people who have enough resources would be able to access something like that. So for the masses, I would say that isn't perhaps... Sorry, you got to run outside in regular nature. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, it's just like all the people on their Peloton bikes. You know, they're looking at the screen, and they're like, you know, biking through the Swiss Alps or something. If it's fun, obviously people are more likely to do it. Definitely. Well, I I think that you touched on something, if it's fun. We're releasing this podcast right around New Year's, the New Year's resolution thing. So I've I've worked in a gym for 15 years, Mm -hmm. and I've seen the masses in January. And then by February, you know, all of us old timers were like, oh, it was nice knowing you. It's kind of funny. We laugh about it, but really it's a serious thing. Like people really struggle to keep those resolutions. Mm -hmm. And I'm using air quotes. It's like, that shouldn't just be a January thing. What's a good way, realistically, to set 
a fitness goal and keep a fitness goal? I think the best answer to that is you really have to know yourself as far as what are your values? What do you value? Is it you value time with family, children? You want to be old enough to give yourself the best chance to see grandchildren, whatever those values are. And then you match your behavior with those values. If you're doing it, if you're doing starting a January program because of weight loss, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's an extrinsic motivation. And if you don't see results immediately, and as we know that it takes a long time and it's very hard to exercise your way into weight loss, there has to be a lot of other components. So I think people end up falling off the mark because they don't see immediate results. It's an extrinsic motivator. It's not an intrinsic, I'm doing this because God wants me to take care of my body, all of those types of things versus an extrinsic, what people see of me often leads people to stop after they've started. That takes usually a professional to help them see those things and understand those things. Starting a program, I think identifying what are my values, why do I want to do this, this will be hard, but and then referring back to those that yeah. list of values. And typically when they are intrinsic style values, like I feel better after I do this, I know I'm taking care of my body, those are far more motivating than something extrinsic. Scripture talks about taking care of ourselves. Can you talk about that a little bit? Why, as Christians, we should prioritize our physical health? There are many examples from Scripture saying that the body is to be taken care of as a temple. John Wesley recognized that in the 1700s and really focused on physical well-being as a part of the whole circle of wellness. Physical, The physical side is one spoke on that wheel. Of course, there are many other aspects to wellness. I mean, you can be a healthy body and be unwell, and you can be well and have a failing body. So there's many aspects, and the physical aspect of that and taking care of one's body is, is pivotal into the whole picture of who we are as God's children. What other tips would you give people who say maybe they're going to try to start a new program? How would you recommend they start? I would say, well, of course, being a physical therapist, yeah. we're, we're experts in that. Yes. So go see a physical go therapist. See, there you go. <laughs> I'm going to give that plug. But small, small goals. I would not suggest starting out large because when there's failure or you're sore or, oh, gosh, I can't make it today, then it's very easy. So small bites do things that perhaps don't require a membership. Or driving somewhere and utilize, I mean, just walking within the right heart rate parameters is is fabulous. Five days a week, 30 minutes. Of course, you would need someone, a professional to tell you where that heart rate is based on your health history and all of that. So I'm not saying that's the same for There's everyone. Not one size no, <laughs> but very small bites, maybe a, a partner. Research shows that if there's someone that could do it with you, definitely helps as well. So very small walking. I mean, start with something that you can do that you don't have to leave your house for. Yeah, definitely. And I want to just, as we close, Mm -hmm. um, get back to the conversation about kids because we all see the statistics about kids and they're they're horrendous from their mental health to their physical health Mm -hmm. to their spiritual health. I mean, it just just feels like we're in a time in history right now where we're Mm -hmm. kind of failing on all fronts. (laughs) Like that sounds a little doom and gloom, but could you just speak to that a little bit? I just think For me, I see it as this vicious cycle. It's like kids are addicted to tech, and then therefore (laughs) they're not getting up off the couch. Therefore, they're not sleeping enough. Therefore, they're not eating healthy because they feel like trash because they're tired. And then that, in turn, makes them emotionally feel terrible. The body and mind, it's all connected. So what kind of encouragement would you give an adult who has children in their life, whether that's a student or a parent or a mentor situation? How can we help these students get healthy in every way? I think it's modeling it. I think the biggest thing you can do 
with your children is model that behavior or do it together because ultimately they will put that screen down. Yeah, they will do, do that if you're if you do and you're up doing something fun with them. I think modeling it yourself, having fun yourself, they will naturally want to join you. So I would say rather than, you know, putting out the mandate to put the screen down, put it down yourself first and and model, let's go do this would be would be a good start. For me, if, a lot of times if I have a busy day and I want to get my steps in, okay, I'm going to use that chance to catch up on some phone calls. And it's like, yeah, that's not the ideal way, but I'm going to use it to my advantage today. Other days I might not need to do that. But I think you're right, just modeling it. And mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier encouraging parents to talk to the principal, Absolutely. talk to the school board and yes. say, look, there is research that shows yes. if my kid moves more, they'll probably do better on their tests. It's exactly. So yeah. I really think parents have way more power than they realize with a school principal. So the principal really dictates the schedule. So I think if that is important to a school principal, you see that reflected in their schedule. And even within a school district, some schools are operating under different schedules because the principal chooses that. So be vocal as a parent that you think that's important. Definitely. Any final thoughts in closing about New Year's resolutions, Dr. Kearns, while we have you? I think for me, it's, again, small things. So I do a little bit here and there. It's nothing grand that I do. What's your favorite way to work out? Gosh, my favorite way to work out. Well, I I actually really like to walk. So walking for me, I've got some old orthopedic injuries that prevent me from doing some things. But walking for me really is is great because I love being outside. Mm-hmm. So walking is really what I you can make walking pretty intense. It just you depends really on can. how you do it. You really can. Yeah. I like walking and, and lifting weights a couple of times a week, just getting both. Absolutely. But yeah, walking. I have a dog that's very active, so she needs lots of walks, which was intentional when we got that dog. It's like I need a dog that's gonna get me out there. So that's another tip for you. Get a dog who needs to walk a lot. Well, I have a dog. I have a dog, but she doesn't like to walk. She, oh. she puts on the brakes if it's raining or cold out. She's a tiny little dog. Yes. So walking is not on her yes, agenda. So Definitely. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate these thoughts. And thank you for letting us in on your research. And I just think it's not surprising, but it's really nice to see that there is clinical data that yes. backs that up. Yes, and it's common sense, but we really needed to know the physiology behind it to influence policymakers definitely. at the state and national level. So that's that was the reason for Exactly. It. Well, we appreciate that. Thank you so much. And thank happy you. New Year. Happy New Year. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of This is Asbury. To learn more about Asbury University, visit asbury.edu. Mm-hmm.